Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin. Today's episode is brought to you by our Patreon member, Caitlin. And for all of our listeners, make sure you check out our Discord channel because you are Mm -hmm. missing cool stuff. That's, yep. So, topic of the day is the Wheel of Time feminist. Tracy? (laughs) Mixed feelings. <laughs> I feel like I just dropped the bomb in your lap. Tell us how you feel. You know what? That, that's that's a fair place to start it because I think my answer, I mean, we were just talking about this a second ago, but like I have very mixed feelings about whether or not this series is feminist or not. I read this starting out when I was young, like 16, between 15 and 16 years old, I'm pretty sure. And that's like, that was in 1990, like when it was, when it was first coming out. And I read fantasy primarily as like a genre. And I was always looking for something that I felt like I could relate to. And Wheel of Time felt like one of the first series where I could see myself in characters that I didn't see myself in other places. And that was really refreshing for me. And I was excited about it. And now as I'm older, I'm like, oh, huh. Oh, huh. Yeah. But we live in a we live in a place where like, I think like what was thought to be almost radicalizing feminist writing in some ways with what Robert Jordan did with having like the women with power with magic, like in the 90s versus how we see it now where our perception of gender has gone through changes. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I think the biggest point against the Wheel of Time being feminist, and this is, I see this repeated online so often. Mm-hmm. So the biggest argument against it being feminist is a large portion of the story falls into this category of gender essentialism, where many characters kind of behave in a way that is a stereotype of their gender so Mm -hmm. we have the men being strong and needing to protect the women folk and rand is like i could never kill a woman ah and then some of the women are very catty and jealous and backstabbing Mm -hmm. but it's also not limited to the characters themselves because the one power, the magic of this world that is inborn inside of people, mm-hmm. it's only male or female. It's completely mm-hmm. biologically determined. I guess some could argue that because the one power comes from the soul and that yep. determines whether you channel Sidene or Sidar, mm-hmm. but... On top of that, my counter argument is that it doesn't leave room for anyone who falls in the middle. Mm -hmm. So in the 90s, there was this big, I don't know, school of thought. I don't know if you remember this book, but it was like women are from Mars and men are from, what is it? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. That's what it is. And the Wheel of Time really, especially in the beginning, like the first half of the book feels very rooted in this yeah but for Mm -hmm. like on on the other side when i think of the wheel of time being feminist i think you could make the argument that in the 90s feminist icons were kind of slim especially when we're talking about fantasy or in media and books and we've got i'm just thinking of people like maybe buffy from buffy the vampire slayer or xena yep. warrior princess or right. scully from the x-files yeah but within the wheel of time people reading fantasy are finding characters in this story that they can really gravitate towards and mm-hmm. some of them are just strong female magic users and some of the women are physically strong and 
Mm-hmm. I think some people just thought certain characters were cool because it's like, we refuse to wear the uniform of this world of skirts and dresses and I'm going to mm-hmm. wear pants. Right. <laughs> so Got to stand out somehow. Yeah, all of these characters really resonate with the fans of the books. And so many of them are just iconic women. And mm-hmm. while I don't necessarily consider The Wheel of Time a feminist text, Mm-hmm. I do think that some of the characters could be labeled feminist icons. And saying that, I just want to point out that they are flawed, and so am I. So I don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> and in some ways, I mean, Jordan gets compared to Tolkien frequently. And I think the fact that Robert Jordan included strong females to resonate with in the time period when he wrote it was actually I mean potentially an opening for other authors to like pick that up and improve it I mean also like the editor for his work was his wife and I sometimes wish I could ask Harriet like what did you see like as a woman editor reading your husband's work because let's face it Robert Jordan was a boomer so what ideas oh my gosh and he was raised in the south we could throw a stereotype on top of that if we wanted to I'm not sure if Robert Jordan fit into it but sometimes the way his women are written feels like he does and just the fact that they're like not in the kitchen I feel like we're supposed to kind of celebrate like hooray (laughs) and I mean I do I do for me it was really It was kind of powerful. And I think, like, he didn't just write it so that it would appeal to me as a younger woman. I feel like Moraine is there as, like, almost like a female anchor, like an quote-unquote elder in some ways because she is an Aes Sedai who's older. Yeah, she's definitely a comfort character for me. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that sometimes I don't rag on her. She'll do things where I'm like, girl, that was messed up. Mm -hmm. But I still love her. Mm -hmm. She's flawed, but she is this extremely powerful force, especially in the world of fantasy, where it's like, oh, I can see myself in some of these strong characters. But Mm -hmm. I that's the thing when I'm thinking about like what makes a character a feminist icon my eyes like glazed over and I'm like I don't know I really can't say because I think it's easier to explain what they aren't versus what they are you know yes yeah like there are limitations yeah definitely It's not just a character that's succeeding in a patriarchal world because Mm -hmm. a woman who succeeded where no other woman succeeded, like they can be inspiring, but that doesn't necessarily make them feminist. Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) 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 But I mean, overall, like it's nearly impossible for everyone to agree on the definition of feminist icon i mean it could be Mm -hmm. diversity or just someone who's really inspiring or maybe someone who overcame something that the reader can really relate to Mm -hmm. and i think this is where the defenders of feminism in the wheel of time would like gladly plant their flag Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm actually like i think i'm sitting in the same boat with you where i'm like trying to find feminist icon in the wheel of time I think it's it's determined to the reader, right? Yeah. I mean, I do think that age, perspective, all of those things, I think we can't separate that from the reader, depending on our, our circumstances, our backgrounds, our life experiences, like reading The Wheel of Time can feel really different to a lot of people. And in some ways, I still feel like it falls short. Of what it could be. We've said it before. If we bring this book to our time right now, looking mm-hmm. at it, it's it's very slightly, maybe feminist. Very yeah. slightly. Yeah. But at the time, I don't know. I'm sure there are 
books out there that people would really agree on saying this is feminist and it's from the 90s. But again, I am not an expert in 90s literature, 90s fantasy literature. Neither am I. Where the things that I read now are much more, I don't know, from the past mm-hmm. five years or so. Mm-hmm. And big changes, big changes. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah, like Andrew's actually reading a Terry Pratchett novel at the moment. I can't remember the name of it. He commented that he was several chapters into it and there hadn't been a mention of a single woman. He was like, so far the only reference that comes close to acknowledging that there are women in this world is there's a a brothel nearby. And that's it. And I mean, I mean... (laughs) It tracks, right? I mean, so for me, as like a like a sixteen year old girl looking for something to read, like getting a queen right off the bat, who was like, "I'm going with you. You can't stop me. Venture away." Chat's head is going to explode at the mention <laughs> of Egwene because they've already been talking about it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I and I I don't disagree. Like that's just it. Is like I don't disagree. Yeah, I think the appeal of Egwene is she's pretty much the first, you know, mm-hmm. she's young. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of like imprints on you like, oh, she does. She's the first. So you're happily kind of like following her around. And it's easy, like it's easy to find comfort in that, especially when you have an emotional attachment to the series, because mm-hmm. I mean, even just the Ravens chapter, like little oh tiny young Egwene who so good no matter what has to be the best at everything it's it can be inspiring for people like am Mm -hmm. I a big fan of Egwene not particularly but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to berate someone who really enjoys her I'll I'll keep my opinions (laughs) (laughs) private but (laughs) oh why Should we get into spoilers right now? Because I feel like this might be kind of hard. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Morning. You've been warned. Spoilers, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) I like Caitlin's comment. Just that Green reminded her of girls that she knew that were Fairweather friends. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. It rings true. One could even make the argument that Lanfear is a feminist character because she's searching for a gender-neutral power source. But (laughs) my argument to that is she's also a predator, (laughs) like following around a teenage boy trying to seduce him, which is ick. Yes! (laughs) <laughs> yes like just dis- like she knows it's wrong to the point she disguises herself because she's like oh man i'm a full-grown woman that's gonna be a barrier how weird i'll make right? myself look like i'm 16 or 17 that'll do it i got it Ugh, fear. she catfished a teenager she tried to mm-hmm. anyways <laughs> miss celine has entered the chat yes she has i mean seriously i cannot i how often do we talk about that that moment with her in Rand's shirt? And she's like, oh, Rand. <laughs> How 90s is that? How 90s is that? All she's missing is like a choker. I just like put my hands up to my face. I'm like rubbing my eyes. Ugh. And I mean, looking back at it now, it's so cringy. At the time, didn't even think twice about it. It was just part of the story. Like, it, and somehow it made sense to me. She would want to appear the age of rant but not for the reasons that i think of now when you were talking about lanfear searching for a source of power that would be gender free Mm -hmm. that does seem really cool but i don't think her motives exactly it was for her like she was just pissed that she couldn't have as much power as the dudes because there was this weird ceiling And even though she could be the most powerful among the women, that wasn't good enough for her. And okay, yeah, I totally get that. But it wasn't like, 
I want this so everyone can be on equal footing. Like it was, I want this so I can skyrocket ahead of you suckers. Like that's how I interpreted it myself. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there are, see, this is why we need, <laughs> this is why it's a dialogue because there are people that adore land fear. I will never be one of them, but mm -mm. I would love like the argument, the people that love her. Why? Why would you? I mean, is it just because she's hot? And you I read mean, the maybe. series when you were a 15 year old boy and you're right? like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love her <laughs> yeah i mean i mean think about the primarily male demographic that fantasy is directed towards yes i think we're only now moving into a period where we recognize the need for oh i don't know not sexualizing <laughs> brutalizing women in our in our literature for no good reason. I like seeing the advancement, but I mean, it's the split is still there. The drive is still there. And it's, I don't know, it's why it's kind of fun to look at this because it can be so divisive how people see it, how they want to have it seen. <laughs> Caitlin's call, comment, cops, Game of Thrones, cops. See, yes. you know what, though, with Game of Thrones, and this is, I want to say, kind of like an HBO Showtime thing, where they're like, mm. we have to be as shocking as possible. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? Like, they have coined the term sex position, where instead of just inserting a conversation that some people might kind of doze off because it's like oh we're learning the history of dragons don't care it's right. like no how about we do this in a brothel while mm -hmm. a guy is like watching women have sex like right. that'll that'll get their attention <laughs> but it worked it worked because Absolutely. you know what like people tuned in every they sure week. did Yep. And I was one of them. <laughs> Same. I mean, once I found Game of Thrones and started watching it, I was like, when's the next season coming out? Yeah, it's like a drama. It's like a telenovela. Every week mm -hmm. you're like, am I going to be shocked? Is there going to be a scandal? Right? Yes. Just wanted to know. I mean, they, they did a great job of pulling that story through. But problems? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, there are people who are like, I'm going to name my daughter Aria because she is the most <laughs> awesome person ever. And I'm like, she is a traumatized child, child who goes to bed at night saying the names of people she wants to murder. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> She's cool, uh, though. I mean, she can fight. So, you totally have friends with a daughter named Aria. Oh, how many people named their daughter Khaleesi? <laughs> and then we're like, how how do we get a legal name change? Callie? <laughs> Can we just call her Lisi for short? Lisa, maybe? Yeah, Lisi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just something. Uh... I mean, I don't know. I think, okay, I, I we need to get back to the Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah, a little yeah. bit off topic. But. Right. But I mean, it does, it does tie in and like the way that audiences are perceived to want their content. And I think in some ways, as much as like those graphic scenes can get attention, Robert Jordan really doesn't do anything in his novels that I'm uh, few exceptions. There's not a lot of graphic or gratuitous sex in the wheel of time. It's just not there. And what is there is like a tiny drop compared to the entire series. And I mean, some of it could definitely be cut. Yeah. But I also think that this is a, an American thing. Yeah. We're totally okay with seeing someone like getting their throat slit, mm -hmm. but oh no, boobies, you know, <laughs> like kids, close your eyes. You're only allowed to look at those when you're breastfeeding child. <laughs> like now that you're 14, you shut them, yep. close them, you know, and let's I just mean, always like, sexualize breasts. Let's just always right. do that. 
But there's, I mean, like, sex is sex, right? I mean, mm-hmm. every everyone's had sex almost. Like, people have children. That's where they come right. from. There's Pretty nothing, sure. like, dirty about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the world, you this know? This is how it goes. I'm not saying that that's the same thing as a brothel scene, right. because it's not. Not necessarily anything wrong with showing sex. It doesn't make it good or bad in my opinion Mm -hmm. but with what jordan did i think he kept everything fairly family friendly and Mm -hmm. when something really messed up happens it's implied but it's Mm -hmm. not kind of like Mm -hmm. in your face except when we get to the chapters where we're dealing with warfare Mm -hmm. and i think this is one of the things too because i think that his time in actual wars yep Mm -hmm. changed him so Mm -hmm. it wasn't like glorifying it it was like Mm -hmm. no this is awful this is horrible Mm -hmm. and this is what it does to people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so people who are like celebrating ashaman kill because it's fucking cool right i understand because i know that there are people like that out there right but i don't think that he was trying to make Mazram Taim, like <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I I wonder if he thought that those two words were going to just have people rabid. Like we love it. It's so cool. It's awesome. We don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I can see where that intent could be there, but I also think that there's there's so much carnage that goes along with that order that maybe there's also an intention of just like remember the brutality that comes along with an order like that like it might sound badass but then start thinking about the the death toll that goes along with that they may be your enemies but they're humans like that affects you yeah despite it all like i still get chills when i read that Right, yeah, same. I can't help it. It's just, it's it's really powerful and mm-hmm. thought-provoking, especially because you essentially later on find out who Mazram Taim really is and what he's really doing. But when it shows up, you're like, he's one of the good guys. He's, you know, he's really helping Rand, especially in a time when our poor Randall Thor is helpless and mm-hmm. he has been abused and tortured and finally finally someone shows up who's going to end it all and as the reader you're seeing this through the eyes of rand and through Mm -hmm. the eyes of everyone who's fighting for him trying to save him Mm -hmm. and you're hoping and praying that Mm -hmm. it's gonna be okay that rand's gonna get free so when it does happen you can kind of like feel this wave of relief And I can understand why that would be so cool to hear Mm -hmm. those words and think that it's fun and exciting. Yeah, but it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Like a force like that, the idea of it, it's fucking terrifying. Mass destruction. Mm -hmm. But back to feminism. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, that is something like I do think that where Wheel of Time stands out is not necessarily in the sex what did you say sex position i don't mm-hmm. think that that's where it falls and i think it's in the the darkness and the violence and the the political staging far more than it is like through sex and i really appreciate that it's almost wholesome in comparison to many of the things that come out as content for us so i think the show Do we want to talk about the show or do we just want to talk about the book series? Let's talk about the show because I feel like this is the goal of possibly one of the goals, not the goal. They want to make an exciting, entertaining story, but I think they also want to come into this and smooth away the edges of what makes it not feminist. Mm -hmm. But again with that black and white Sidine Sidar magic system, Mm -hmm. that's a tricky, tricky thing if we want to be completely inclusive. Mm -hmm. 
can you make that possible in this case? Right. There are ways you could do it where, like, for example, the old powers like Wolf Brother or Mm -hmm. maybe someone who has viewings like men, you could Mm -hmm. say, like, okay, well, like, people could be like this, but then you're excluding those people from being channelers. Mm -hmm. So it's like separate isn't equal. Right. Yeah. Because then they just, they don't even get included at all. You don't, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, you can't channel. Just, it's not ever going to be for you. I mean, it's already a fairly selective thing that seems to be fading out. That actually kind of ties into what Caitlin asked, where is the world feminist? Ask yourself this, take out the Aes Sedai, and is the world still feminist? No. Yeah, and that's, like, I, I'm wondering also, like, would that mean that there's no magic system at all? Well, there's still, if you take out the channelers, there's still, quote-unquote, magic users. Uh-huh. Like... Wolf brothers or wolf kin have no attachment to the one power. So we are told that's not to say that the exposition that we're given in the books isn't wrong because it could be. It's coming from other characters like mm-hmm. I said I who are saying no, it's something different, but mm-hmm. they might not know. But there's people like that. There are other I want to say, like, types of magic in this world because the Dark One obviously has his own brand of magic. That magic system is not determined by gender at all. Uh So it kind of sucks if you're like, okay, like, this is the only gender-free channeling type magic that we have, but it comes from evil. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that seems uh, mildly loaded in its own way, really. Mm-hmm. Like, the only way to achieve equality and channeling is to go to the Dark One? Hmm. Right. Hmm. Huh. Right. <laughs> I don't care that much about my soul. Let's go. Right. <laughs> the Ogier uh, have a certain type of magic within the setting, kind mm-hmm. of. Well, and I mean, the ability to tracing, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with the one power. On the flip side of that, like, the removal of Aes Sedai, I don't think necessarily negates some of the other communities in the Wheel of Time that we see that are based on women in positions of power and, like, the sea folk. I, I think whether you can channel or not, you still have the sail mistresses, the wind finders, like all those people still have their roles, whether or not they can channel. Like they have to work up to a certain level. It's a bonus if your wind finder can channel, but you don't have to, to be able to be a good wind finder. The Aiel, the wise ones, Farder I Mai, like you have warrior women societies. Yeah. So. Well, that could be kind of, you know, rolling over to the side of it being feminist, where it's like, yeah, there are societies where the women are treated as equals, and that's cool. But at the same time, we still have violence against women in the Wheel of Time. We still have oppression against women in the Wheel Mm -hmm. of Time. Mm -hmm. We still have... Just something as simple as like, yeah, there's a women's circle, but that doesn't mean that they're not contested by the men of the village, you know, Mm -hmm. like they have Mm -hmm. to fight. They're still fighting for scraps. So like while the world does have more of like a matriarchal feel in certain spaces, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not equal (laughs) Mm -mm. overall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the white cloaks. They're running around like... Yes, thank you. Total weasels. Well, I mean, that's, an, that's another area where it's like one of their objectives is to specifically hunt down women who can channel slash do magic slash are witches. 
Yeah, and the like the magic thing isn't even a whole part of it. Like I just think mm-hmm. that they hate women in general. Like sure yeah. they're based on like oh like nobody should do magic. They're not running around rounding up male channelers. They are no. solely focused on the women. Yeah. And I mean, there's that one we just got to that scene not too long ago in The Shadow Rising where the guy was Bornhold? Bornhold. Yeah, so where Bornhold like mentally makes a note to himself that he cannot leave one of his soldiers alone with the women prisoners. And we all know why. We know why. Right. And these are children. These are They're children. children. Yeah. And that, I mean, we know that that's not going to stop him. You know, like he's going to have to be kept away from them. Like other people mm-hmm. are probably going to have to be identified who might keep him from doing it rather than helping because this is a group of white cloaks and who knows what the fuck they're going to do. They're, they're inquisitors. <laughs> that's who they are. And that's scary because, I mean, when you look at what was done to women historically by inquisitors, it's terrifying. I mean, what is in the TV show? Even Valda is like burning a woman and having some fancy dinner. In the books, like it's at a six, seven. And in the show, like they dialed it up to a 12. Not only are the white cloaks scary, they are reprehensible. And I mean, even with the scene of Egwene getting stripped naked and scrubbed down, and it's so degrading, so degrading. And I think it is violence. Mm -hmm. against a woman they've incorporated some things that i think are a little bit more forward thinking but they weren't afraid to take the hbo route and be like all right we're gonna make this guy so disgusting so terrifying Mm -hmm. that you know Mm -hmm. for a fact he's probably going to be like one of the bigger baddies of the series Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. Just talking to people who haven't even read the books, they're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know what's up with the people on the boat at the end of season one, (laughs) not sure, but the white cloaks, those are the bad guys. Those are Mm -hmm. who you need to watch out for. Yeah. I do appreciate that there is like that, that moment where Moraine is being inspected by Eamon Valda and the other soldier that's there is like kinder and more open-minded and like even suggests that she finds an Aes Sedai to heal her wound which is like so not white cloak behavior but in some ways it's good to know that there are like sides there are factions Mm -hmm. in so many places and that's another thing that I think the Wheel of Time does really well is like give us factions i mean it can be annoying sometimes but it's fun there have been some really fun things that the show has done Mm -hmm. and i think with the whole the dragon reborn it could be a male it could be a female we don't know i think as much as it for a book reader stance where it's like no like to the lore that doesn't make full total clear sense to me but for someone who doesn't read the books it kind of opens you up into the story where you're like, oh, okay, like they're not immediately excluding the women from being mm-hmm. the savior, which right. is nice. It's nice, yeah. but it's hard to take my book reader glasses off for that one. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I, I struggle. I do have to say that scene, like our opening scene or episode for season one, <laughs> Where Moraine is, like, channeling and lands just, like, kind of behind her looking amazing and deadly, and I fucking love it. In the midst of this, like, assault on her and the two, or Emmons Field and whatnot, and she gets hit with that dagger and lands like, there are too many. The look Rosamond Pike gives him just screams, the fuck there are. She, like, pulls the dagger out, stands up, rips the wine spring in apart, decimates the Trollocs, and does this all, like, basically in a matter of minutes. Like, giving a woman singular alone the power to do that in an opening episode, I thought was really smart. It told a lot about what we can see these women doing 
Like, if one woman alone can do this, I liked it. Well, it was a nice difference between the books to actually see that play out instead of just kind of fast forwarding through it, like what happens on page where it's like, oh, we didn't get to see the two rivers fighting because we were too busy, like seeing things from Rand's point of view, which is nice, Mm -hmm. especially in the avenue of television, because you don't have to deal with just, is it a male point of view? Is it a female point of view? Like you're overlooking everything and it's not, Mm -hmm. not the same. Agreed. I was answering the question (laughs) in chat about, so like the idea of splitting Caitlin said, Caitlin said if they make the dragon a woman, she's going to quit. She's, she's done watching it. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't blame you, Caitlin. I get it. But I do have to wonder if they're leaving room to split the role of the dragon. Like, give us one character, female, one character, male, and create more of either balance. Boo. I know, I know. I don't, I don't like it either. I don't like it either. I'm not saying that I want to see this happen. I'm just wondering. Okay, so Amber says no. Amber says no to this idea. All joking aside, <laughs> no. Um, I don't think that that was ever really an option. I just think that they wanted to frame the first season around the mystery of Mm -hmm. it all so like it works really well in that aspect because it's like is it a guy is it a girl we don't know could be anyone yeah could be your mom it could be your dad it could be narg we don't know (laughs) call me dragon dear call me dragon (laughs) (laughs) i love that the show has actually done some things that i think are so much better than the books especially like when we're dealing with the relationships between the Aes Sedai and the warders and making yeah. it a little bit more like egalitarian where like let's be honest in the books the warders are kind of treated like dirt <laughs> it's like hey you over there like go do my dirty work my back's up against a wall. I had to do these three oaths and I can't really kill people, but they can be imposed upon by the will of the Aes Sedai and kind of like forced into stuff with this, I don't know, kind of like telepathic push almost. But the way that they did it in the show, it was so refreshing where it was like, no, like we're a unit, we're a team, we work together. And I mean, I know that a lot of that is not only in the writing of the episodes itself, but in the acting, the relationships between the actors, uh, Rosamund Pike and Daniel Henney, just, ugh, chef's kiss. Mwah, mwah. I really just watched the show for them. Their interactions in the first episode were so good. They were so good. That bathtub scene, so good. And not just for like the... The f- shot from behind scene of Daniel Henney, like just the, this is, they are comfortable with each other. They are comrades. It's not sexual. And Alana and her warders. Oh my gosh. I have, this is a big question mark <laughs> for me because in the books, Rand's relationship between he and Elaine, Min, and Avienda It's a little bit yuck because it's like, oh, the pattern willed it. Mm -hmm. This guy gets to have three wives, basically, like good for him. But they are stuck in this relationship that some of them don't even necessarily want to be in, it seems. They're Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. oh, the prophecy and the pattern made me do it. I can't control myself. I have to love him. (laughs) so like lucky rand just gets three wives cool yeah i don't know how the television show is going to approach this even though knowing that rafe judkins has said like they're going to explore it more as a polyamorous Mm -hmm. relationship where it's kind of like more on equal terms between all of the partners Mm -hmm. and if that's the case it kind of feels like either all of them are able to be in relationships with other people and Rand, mm-hmm. 
or they are all in the relationship kind of together. Like, oh, that'll be interesting. Like Avienda, she's into Elaine, but she's also into Rand. And I think like, mm-hmm. I don't know where they're going to take it. And it would be kind of cool if they change it at all. I would be happy. <laughs> it would definitely change a scene of Avienda explaining to Rand what Elaine looks like naked in her bath. That part's funny, though. <laughs> I was actually... Her lips. Her lips are like plump love apples. Of course they are, Avienda. Of course they are. Would that then change Avienda and Elaine becoming first sisters, though? Like, in some ways, them taking on that relationship in the book makes it so that they will more than likely not have a sexual relationship with each other. Do we know that first sisters absolutely cannot have sexual relationships with each other? I don't know. And like, that's kind of where like the questioning tone comes in on this one, because Caitlin says they can. (laughs) (laughs) Questioning tone gone. You can do anything you want. So what's stopping them? (laughs) Yeah, I like I just I don't know if like with the way that Jordan went forward with putting Avienda and Elaine in a sister relationship like are I think more often than not our brains kind of go towards well then that doesn't include a sexual relationship so then Rand is the only sexual partner for them I'm not gonna lie when I read the first sister bond I thought that it meant specifically like in their society they don't have same-sex partners Mm-hmm. Like, they have first sisters and first brothers because, like, that was a bond even closer yeah. than lovers or sisters or family. And so, like, when I read that, I was like, oh, Avienda and Elaine, they're gay. So yeah. as I, you know, kept reading it and was more active in the fandom, I was like, oh, like, okay, they're sisters <laughs> okay okay <laughs> but that's first where my mind went uh-huh mm-hmm. okay caitlin's saying a ring too much western into it and i i agree like that's one of the things is like for me being raised as a conservative individual sister means sister not sexual relationships I feel like if we're if I'm reading too far Western into it, <laughs> that makes me even more correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think that's where I was stumbling my way to is that I, I agree with what you're saying. But again, like that initial perception of the book 30 years ago versus the book now. Even 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe he wasn't able to say exactly what some of these relationships, relationships. were supposed to mean. Yeah. Because he didn't want to get in hot water. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this was just the, the best term to give it that wouldn't, like, rock the boat too hard. Tatara <laughs> said that ceremony was hella by. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I know I'm not the only person who thinks this. I've seen it from other people where it was like, oh, that's what that was supposed to meant. And I mean, I don't yeah. want to sexualize everything, but. Right. But I mean, when you look at that relationship, the, the dynamic so frequently breaks down to Elaine and Avienda, Brandon men. And in some ways, Avienda and Elaine are almost more solo characters than men is. Elaine has an entire country to run, too, actually. She barely has time to be pregnant. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, when she's got issues, she goes to Avienda. Avienda is a leader in the IEL community as well. So she has these, like, very deep responsibilities, which, huzzah. Like, they have their independence away from Rand. Min almost seems like she's the one who's the designated researcher. Fixer. Yeah, like she's she's almost always there. She's the one who seems to be so much more focused on him than Elaine and Avienda, understandably so. But it is interesting how that dynamic breaks down. There's at least one that's like all about Rand. 
Yeah, Caitlin says, um, and I think this is really poignant because straight people do tend to see hetero things Mm -hmm. in LGBTQ stuff. There's even, oh my gosh, there's a Reddit subreddit called Sappho and her friend because like we're talking about like even in history Mm -hmm. ancient history our real history the erasure of lgbtq plus people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i mean it's always like oh like that's nice they must be roommates (laughs) like that's how i was like thinking of elaine and avienda where it's like oh they must be sisters they're just Mm -hmm. really close Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i totally I was totally, like, in that camp. Totally. Again, this is where, like, that not knowing where to stand on, like, whether or not this is a, this is a feminist series. Like, reading it at certain times in your life is going to affect how you look at it, who you talk to, if you're going to be open-minded about it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those things go into determining how you feel about the series. Like, are you willing to give Robert Jordan like a little bit of wiggle space because of when he wrote it, because of his age, like things like that? Yeah, they're not gay. They're just first sisters. <laughs> no, I think for its time, I mean, even the whole like pillow friends, he was writing lesbian characters mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. People that haven't read New Spring might not know that and this is like the whole chunk of people that when the tv show showed moraine and swan (laughs) kissing where did that come from exploded and they were like not my wheel of time it was like (laughs) yes it is read new spring read new spring read new spring yeah for those of us who read new spring love new spring Adore New Spring, seeing that Live, moment. Breathe. Uh, <laughs> that moment. Like seeing that. Two thumbs up. New Spring is amazing. Pillow Sisters. New, that's one of my new, favorite terms. New Spring is feminist. I will say it. You know what? Yeah. The Wheel of Time, maybe not. New Spring, yes. <laughs> yes. You know what? New Spring stands alone as like its own, like. There's just there's something so 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 good about it. Even like I always come back to the woman who's like, "I'll honor you until you can't stand up" or something like that. Like just like, get it, get it, love oh, that. That was that landline, wasn't it? Yeah, God. yeah. Land in a tavern in the borderland. Imagine if they got more right, if they got Rosamund Pike to voice New Spring with Daniel Henney. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just pantomiming, like stabbing myself (laughs) in the chest. I would die. I'm fanning myself. This is too much. (laughs) My God, that'd be so good. Be so good. Mm. I mean, seriously, just that whole relationship between Land and Moraine, like, Aiden was asking me about, like, whether or not it was sexual in any way, and I was like, no. I mean, again, I think maybe in some ways that is a form of feminism in a way that we can have men and women with platonic relationships, with relationships outside of mother, sister, brother, or uh, mother, sister, aunt, whatever, like your normal roles that you push women into, we can have a woman of immense power with a man who is walking death, and they can have a partnership that keeps them balanced without being a sexual relationship. And I think that that's cool, because it should be possible. Men should be able to look at women like that. Like, it's, it's actually really pleasing to see a lot of the ways that it's being handled, I think it's been really tasteful. I think that there are definitely places where there will be shortcomings, you know, like we're at some point going to be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. like I mean, we've already I done think that. the majority of the shortcomings <laughs> fall into the category of them not being given enough time to tell this massive story. Yeah. But anyways, closing statements, should we wrap it up here shortly? Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess closing statement would be make your make your own decision. 
about it. Yeah. yeah. We're not here to like, tell you what what to this think. story is feminist or not. These are yeah. just our opinions and you're free to get on your soapbox and tell the world what you think and if you find feminist icons in the story, mm. good. So do I. If you don't, you don't. It's cool. It's I mean it's still the it's so much about the story. Yeah. And I think I think that's what there's so much that's like there that feels I don't know, it draws you in emotionally. You get attached to these characters. I don't really ask myself if Elaine is being too much of a simpering girl when she's wondering about how she would look for Rand. I've been that girl. I relate to that. I mean, everyone is free to love someone in the way that mm-hmm. takes on the more stereotypical like 40s housewife where it's right. like the woman is there for emotional support and household stuff like if that's what the woman wants like yep. deep down in her heart like that's her choice and i mean there's nothing more feminist than saying like women have agency to decide what the fuck they want to do so ooh that was good yes <laughs> yeah I think I'm I'm good. Are you good? Should yeah, I... this was super fun. Uh, just real quick, Caitlin, thank you so much. Yeah, and maybe just like a tiny plug for our Patreon because, I mean, a dollar a month and you can join us like every single week doing this. Every week. You can, you can pay a little bit more than that and you get little goodies. For these Patreon episodes, we let our patrons pick the topics. Is that good? Okay, cool. Then I'll hit stop on my recording.